Good morning, everyone. This is Marcel Burke with the Daily On Talk podcast. And today I have with me David Wise. He's the host of Waves of Grace, which is on Facebook once a week. You guys can tune in and check that out. In today's topic, we're going to be speaking on marriage from a biblical perspective. And we're going to contrast it to the world's today and how you know the world views marriage. And just to give you clarity, the Bible's definition of marriage, you know, it's a union between a man and a woman instituted and ordained by God as a lifelong relationship between one man as a husband and one woman as a wife. Now, what's interesting is I looked at the dictionary for uh, the, the world's definition of it, according to Oxford, and it states the legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a relationship. Now, listen to this word, historically, which is a reference to past events in some jurisdictions, specifically a union between a man and a woman. Okay, now, what that's saying is today, the world's definition of marriage and, and ours as Christians are two polar opposites. On the one hand, we believe the institution of marriage is between a woman and a man. And the Oxford Dictionary, which is the world's you know, definition, is according to basically two people who love each other, whether it be male on male, female on female, which in our eyes as a believer is, is false. You know, that doctrine is false and that's been pumped into our society today today as a truth which is not a truth at all yeah i think um i think when we look at this topic this is one of those hot topics today right marriage and um we look at the community because i think what we're really speaking about here is the homosexual the lgbt community as a whole and and the redefinition of marriage by our culture and our society and um just to add to what marcel is saying you know marriage is a divinely ordained institution and we have to understand that it was God that created marriage and so therefore it is God who defines marriage and as you study the word of God you see that from beginning to end cover to cover anytime it talks about marriage the words in the original language speak of a male and a female joined together and whether you're a Christian or not science itself would define marriage this way because you see that the male male anatomy is designed for the female anatomy um, so there's a lot of implications here, a lot of issues with um, marriage being redefined. But I think at the end of the day, what I would say about that is, you know, the moment you start distorting um, the family unit, you distort everything else. Because at, at its very essence, the building blocks of society are families. And when you disrupt the family, you disrupt everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And God created everything in an orderly fashion. You know, Christ is the head of us all. Man is the head of the household and the woman is the helper, but she's not a helper in the sense. See, this is where people get confused. People tend to undermine women's uh, abilities, undermine their uh, their role in the household. They're not under us per se as our slaves or someone just to be there for us for sex, food and happiness. That's not it at all. They are to come alongside of us and help us uh, uh, raise our children to help us provide income if that's what they so choose. You know, they we are partners in life together. And what's also interesting, man, the divorce rate. You know, that's why a lot of homes are are, are divided today, as far as the children doing what they want to do, the the woman taking part in a, a type of lifestyle that's not becoming a woman. Also, the man also. Once once the house divides, the family divides, and I know it's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, whatever the man do, the woman can do. To an extent, but to raise a household and up under God, that takes that's the man's job. And sometimes us men, we hand it over to the woman easily because we either lazy, irresponsible 
or sometimes just don't know how to do it. And uh, I pulled some stats from the, uh, the American Psych uh, Psychological Association. About 40 to 50 percent of married couples just in the United States, forget the whole world, are divorced. And that says a lot of what society says about divorce. The world makes it okay to divorce. And according to our Bible, the scriptures state that the only time it is okay to divorce unless one of the two partners uh, commit infidelity. And even if one is married to an unbeliever, uh, unbeliever in uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 13, it still states, and a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. So God is stating right there, it's still hope. It's still hope. Today, people get divorced over the, the ticky of tackies of things, something that's, you know, trivial, you know? And, and I did another research. It's an author by the name of Shanti Felton. She wrote the book, The Good News About Marriage. Now she stated that those who were active in their church, the divorce rate was 27 to 50% lower than non-churchgoers and nominal Christians. And nominal Christians are those who you know, call themselves Christians but does not actively engage within the faith. Those people are 20% more likely than the general population to get divorced. So that's, that, that's, that's a big contrast. That's basically stating that those who believe in Jesus Christ believe that this book that we hold called the Bible is an authoritative word and abide by it, our chances of divorce and ruin our families are, are drastically dropped because we're not walking according to the world. Amen, brother. Yeah, I think also um, when we look at divorce from a Christian perspective, it's so true that um, a Christian, if, if, you, if you study the scriptures, you'll see from Old Testament to New Testament, God hates divorce. And that's why we can look at passages in the book of Hosea and we can see uh, passages in the book of Jeremiah and we can see God relating to us. And, and when he speaks of Israel, he speaks of Israel as his wife and he says, return to me, O backslidden Israel, and I will return to you. And we see the, uh, the account of Hosea and Gomer. And we understand the relationship, the love relationship that God has with us. We understand the mercy that God displays, the undeserved favor that he gives towards us, even when we continue to turn our backs on the Lord, even when we continue to go astray. And yet Jesus, when he spoke of adultery, he said that because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses made an exception for that. So I, I know there's a lot of different ways that we can approach that topic. I think at the end of the day, you know, as Christians, because we love the Lord and we understand that we have been forgiven, we're able to demonstrate when we're walking in the spirit, when we're walking under the authority of God's word, we're able to forgive each other for things that we can never do as unbelievers. When we were unbelievers, we were slaves to our unforgiveness. But yet in Christ, we learn to let things go. We learn to, to be free from those things. And there's this great blessing in the marriage when, when, there's, um, when we have the ability to overlook sins. Um, and also, I think, you know, when we speak of the marriage covenant between a man and a woman, it's so true what you say, Marcel. It's really the man's job to lead in the marriage. And you study leadership within the home. And what we see today is we see a lot of the women that have become the leaders. And I understand that that is because a lot of times the men are un unable or unwilling to lead. Uh, but what we see from a biblical perspective is God's desire is that within the home and within the church, men would lead their families. Men would lift up holy hands. Men would raise up and train their children in the ways of God. 
But at the same time, the wife is a suitable helper. And what that means is the woman is the companion. The woman is the partner. The word of God says that we are to dwell with our wives with understanding, understanding that we are co-heirs of God's grace. And what that means is we understand their emotions. We understand their moods. We understand their desires and their likes. But we partner with them together uh, to do the things that God would have us do. And at the end, I think at, at its very essence, the purpose of a marriage, a Christian marriage, is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the woman and the man have to ask themselves, how can we support each other in fulfilling our God-given role? How can we bring glory to our King? Exactly. And these are, and these are seven points that I took out of the, my study Bible. These are seven points. These are, this is God's design for marriage. And if you guys out there are listening, you know, a believer or a non-believer, but especially those who believe, take note of this if you're lacking the department, which I'm guilty of many times. The first is to be a partnership between one man and one woman. The second is to be a permanent union. The third is to produce spiritual unity between husband and wife. The fourth is to provide for the procreation of children. Number five is to positively channel sexual and emotional energy i.e. stay away from the porn. Yeah. Six, to serve as a principal building block of society. Number seven is to be a picture of his relationship, which is God's, with Israel and of Christ's relationship with the church. Now that's pretty cut and dry according to believers' standards and according to the word of God. Now a lot of us, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about my mistakes, trials, and triumphs that I had in my marriage. You know, I think I spoke about this before. I had one marriage before. You know, when I was in my early 20s, uh, I did not know God at the time. I, I was very abusive, uh, addicted to alcohol, uh, ran the streets, was a cheater, a liar. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I don't, I don't blame those mistakes on my immaturity. I blame those mistakes on me not knowing God and not knowing who I was as a man. Okay, fast forward. A decade later, I'm married now. Now this wife that I have now, my wife, Anne Marie, uh, I credit her with a lot of things. For one, keeping me on course and, and staying this course of, you know, following Christ, you know, not to break his heart, but nothing is to raise my family in the ways of him and to also be there and be a provider for her, a loving provider for her. You know, have we had bumps in the road? Of course we did, like any other couple, but not like any other couple. God, Christ, he's our third core in our marriage. Without him, our marriage would unravel. You know, it's a lot of things that, that were made as mistakes in this marriage, but it was always mendable because we had Christ as our head. He was our leader. He was the one that we looked to for strength and weakness and forgiveness and faults. That's another big thing that contrasts us from the world. You know, not saying that everybody's marriage is, is, is off is kilter because you're not a Christian. I'm just saying it would be much better off if you were because you have these principles to abide by. Not our own principles, the principles that are written in this book. That's, that's so good. And that's so true what you say there, Marcel. And I, I think my story is slightly different only because um, I wasn't married until I became a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, but one thing that I can also identify with is being a Christian doesn't mean that you don't have problems. Uh, being a Christian doesn't mean that you don't struggle. Doesn't mean that you don't have hardship and it definitely doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to you. Being a Christian means that you realize and understand that you have a purpose in life. And, and really, that's what everybody's looking for. At, it, at their very core, anyone who can be honest with themselves, 
you understand that you're trying to find meaning and you're trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. And so when you come into a personal relationship with God and God says um, that you can have a wife and that if you do receive a wife from God, we have to understand that she is also God's daughter and that we as men are to take care of that woman as if it were God's daughter. And I think in my own marriage, what I would say is, you know, I found that as we are rooted in Christ and what that means in a practical way is as me and my wife decide daily to come under the authority of God's word, I understand that in my eyes, my wife is perfect for me. But yet the reality is there are things in our marriage, there's things that irritate me and there's things that irritate my wife. But I found that when we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and we allow Jesus to work in our hearts and to work in our lives, there's this love that flows in our hearts and that love is displayed in our relationship with each other. And we're able to overlook the simple things um, that would so often irritate us. So some of the struggles I've had in my marriage is when we first got married, it's learning to live with someone else, learning to not be so self-centered, uh, learning to put the needs of another person above my own. And now I have a family of two. So I have two children, uh, you know, a, a two-week-old daughter and a two-year-old son, and I have my wife, and that's a struggle. And when I say it's a struggle, you know, at times we feel overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed because God has blessed us, but it's, it's a balancing act. It's trying to find enough time to do all the things that we have to do in life. But again, I, I have realized this one thing, and I think this would be my biggest takeaway is, at the end of the day, there's never enough time to do all the things you wanna do. But we have to learn um, to discern what's really valuable in life. And God is a God of relationships. And I think at its very center and its core, the family unit is the most important thing that we have in our lives. Before ministry or anything else comes the family. And so when I, as a man, am willing to sacrifice of my time to get to know my wife, to get to know her needs, her desires, her ambitions, to understand what she feels is her purpose and calling in life and to see what I can do to support that, then my wife reciprocates that for me. And then my children are fruitful. And I'll just share um, real briefly, there's a passage in Psalms and this is one of my favorite passages and it relates to us men. And, and when we men are intentional about following Jesus Christ and respecting him, there's a blessing that comes into our marriage. Um, and this is what it says in Psalm 128. It says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. And that means blessed is the man who respects the Lord, who walks in his ways. It says that when you eat the fruit of your labor, you will be happy and it shall be well with you. And then it says your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house and your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And basically what that means is there's this, um, you see the fruit of your relationship with God when you are willing to focus on God and put him first in all that you do. And you see the blessing that comes into your marriage and to your relationship with your children when you are Christ-centered. I'm gonna just top it off with this, that's well said. Man, your wife is an extension of you. I'm gonna leave you with this passage. Genesis 2, verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That, that couldn't have been said better. Your wife is an extension of you. She came from you. Take care of her, cherish her, and love her. It's going to be ups and downs, but keep Christ in the center, and it all come back around. I'd like to thank my guest, David Wise. Once again, he's the host of Ways of Grace. 
It'll be on Facebook once a week. Tune in and check that out. Thank you, guys. God bless. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you all are doing well today. I am Marcel, one of the creators and hosts of the Marcel and Matt podcast. My co-host couldn't be here today. He's uh, enjoying his family on this 4th of July weekend. I just wanted to give an overview of who we are and what's our primary focus of this podcast. But real quick, before I get into that, I did host a podcast for those who follow me on social media called the Dillion Talk Podcast, but I, I had to switch it up a little bit. I felt it necessary to transition into a more theme-based and topical-centered show to focus more on issues and the message we're trying to convey to a particular audience. First and foremost, we are in fact Christians who are living out our faith, you know, to our best ability and sharing our own personal life experiences, the good, bad, and the ugly, how we dealt with them before accepting Christ and how we handle issues today. And being totally transparent with our listeners is paramount because maybe you or someone you know may have experienced or going through some of the things we have and can relate or just get an understanding of how we apply the word of God to most situations presented to us, whether it be depression, temptation, anger, finances, addiction, mental health, marriage, parenting. You know, there's a template, a guideline that's readily available to us, that being the Bible and people who are actual examples, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but have been through life's obstacles and dealt with them through prayer and faith. So whether you're a believer in Christ or not, Hopefully something talked about on our show resonates with you enough to look into why we believe what we believe and how our trials, mistakes and consequences led us there. So tune in on Saturdays at 3 p.m. where we discuss life's issues from a biblical perspective. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you all are doing well today. I am Marcel, one of the creators and hosts of the Marcel and Matt podcast. My co-host couldn't be here today. He's uh, enjoying his family on this 4th of July weekend. I just wanted to give an overview of who we are and what's our primary focus of this podcast. But real quick, before I get into that, I did host a podcast for those who follow me on social media called the Dillion Talk podcast, but I, I had to switch it up a little bit. I felt it necessary to transition into a more theme-based and topical-centered show to focus more on issues and the message we're trying to convey to a particular audience. First and foremost, we are in fact Christians who are living out our faith, you know, to our best ability and sharing our own personal life experiences, the good, bad, and the ugly, how we dealt with them before accepting Christ and how we handle issues today. And being totally transparent with our listeners is paramount because maybe you or someone you know may have experienced or going through some of the things we have and can relate or just get an understanding of how we apply the word of God to most situations presented to us, whether it be depression, temptation, anger, finances, addiction, mental health, marriage, parenting. You know, there's a template, a guideline that's readily available to us. That being the Bible and people who are actual examples, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but have been through life's obstacles and dealt with them through prayer and faith. So whether you're a believer in Christ or not, hopefully something talked about on our show resonates with you enough to look into why we believe what we believe and how our trials, mistakes and consequences led us there. 
So tune in on Saturdays at 3 p.m. where we discuss life's issues from a biblical perspective. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you all are doing well today. I am Marcel, one of the creators and hosts of the Marcel and Matt podcast. My co-host couldn't be here today. He's uh, enjoying his family on this 4th of July weekend. I just wanted to give an overview of who we are and what's our primary focus of this podcast. But real quick, before I get into that, I did host a podcast for those who follow me on social media called the Dillion Talk Podcast, but I, I had to switch it up a little bit. I felt it necessary to transition into a more theme-based and topical-centered show to focus more on issues and the message we're trying to convey to a particular audience. First and foremost, we are in fact Christians who are living out our faith, you know, to our best ability and sharing our own personal life experiences, the good, bad, and the ugly, how we dealt with them before accepting Christ and how we handle issues today. And being totally transparent with our listeners is paramount because maybe you or someone you know may have experienced or going through some of the things we have and can relate or just get an understanding of how we apply the word of God to most situations presented to us, whether it be depression, temptation, anger, finances, addiction, mental health, marriage, parenting. You know, there's a template, a guideline that's readily available to us, that being the Bible and people who are actual examples, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but have been through life's obstacles and dealt with them through prayer and faith. So whether you're a believer in Christ or not, Hopefully something talked about on our show resonates with you enough to look into why we believe what we believe and how our trials, mistakes and consequences led us there. So tune in on Saturdays at 3 p.m. where we discuss life's issues from a biblical perspective. Thank you.